Hi, this is Ross Fisher at P-Cubed Podcasting. Episode 7. How to do a presentation. Hashtag HTDAP. Probably the reason you've come to this website is to find out how to do a presentation. I thought it would be useful to have a podcast on this to go along with the web page that is referenced in the notes. The evidence is clear that the wrong way to do this is to go directly into whatever presentation software you have and start to write. That will form the basis of your presentation and in fact limit your creativity hugely. So turn off the computer, sit down and get some scrap paper or post-it notes, whatever helps you to work analogue. The very first thing you should do is consider your audience. The concept of presentation is about the audience, not about the presenter. It's important that when we are giving a presentation, we consider who are the audience and why are the individuals in the auditorium for your individual presentation. Now, clearly this changes if it's a scientific conference or if it's a keynote presentation at something like Don't Forget the Bubbles. But it's important to consider the audience. Who are they? Are they all qualified physicians? Are they paramedics? Will there be a mixed audience? Are they a lot of experience or are they beginners in the topic? All of this will affect the presentation that you give. And so it's important that you are able to put yourself in the front row of your lecture and imagine who is sat beside you. What exactly is their thought about your topic? And what one thing would you want them to do differently at the end of your talk? Now, this is not about covering or learn more or understanding. What I suggest you do is to write down in one single sentence what change you want to see in your audience at the end of your presentation. For instance, in a presentation skills lecture that I might be giving to medical students, my understanding is that they will only have been exposed to bullet point based PowerPoint type presentation. At the end, what I want for them to see is that there is an alternative that's about learning, not about teaching. So my one sentence is, I want to show the audience that there is a better way of delivering presentations and that they can be creative. Now, what I also suggest you do is an elevator pitch for this. Now, an elevator pitch does not cover all the points within your story, but the concept is, imagine you're walking along to go and give your presentation and you meet someone coming in the opposite direction. And they say, where are you going? What you want to do is to give them a 30 second pitch that will make them stop and come with you. So I believe that presentations as they are currently delivered are tedious and ineffectual. What I'm proposing in my lecture is a completely different approach that will change your presentation forever. That's my elevator pitch. Now, does that get you excited? Does that make you want to go to the lecture? great. Or not, at least you've got an opinion on it. What it doesn't do is tell the audience what's going on. 
But for the presentation that you're about to deliver, what I suggest you do is write an elevator pitch for it. Persuade your audience that they should come to the meeting. Now, that's a slightly different tangent. As I said, it's not about giving them the key points, but making them care about your topic. And in doing that, you will then start to see how you should pitch your presentation to them. Because if you have made them care, then they will be interested in what's going on. Now, once we've done this, we can start to construct the details of what that will involve. And how you do that is up to you. I would suggest that the best way to do this is with at least three steps in the story. Three is a magic number and none of us really understand why it works. But however long your presentation is, look for three steps within that story that will lead the audience from where you consider them to be at the beginning to where you want them to be at the end. So for my presentation lecture... I start off by showing how bad presentations are and challenging people as to why we present the way that we do. The next part is to show them that there is a science behind why that fails. And the third part is to show them the science behind doing it well. So that the end, they will have been led along the presentations fail because of science, here's a new way to do it, and so they will turn to do presentations in a different way. Now, how you do that within your presentation clearly is up to you. That's where your insight and wisdom comes in and where your knowledge of your audience right back at the beginning helps you to pitch that appropriately. So that the same lecture given to different audience would be pitched differently. We now have a storyline and what we should do within that is fill in those the details around that. Now, these three steps, sometimes referred to as spark lines, should maintain interest across their duration. How long that is, is dependent on how long your presentation is, clearly, but you should divide it into thirds. So, if you have a 15-minute talk, you need one minute for introduction, one minute to close, and that leaves you basically 12 minutes. It's 13, but 12 is easy to break up. And therefore, you're going to talk for four minutes on each of those three steps. And once you start to look at a presentation in that way, you'll find it's easier to construct. Now, remember, this is not about a data download. Data downloads don't work. It's about engaging the audience, giving them a message and leading them through so that on the basis of that message, they will then want to go and find out more. It's not about teaching, but about learning. Now, clearly, I can't give you the way to do that for every single presentation, and it will vary whether it's a five-minute presentation as part of a teaching session or a 40-minute keynote presentation at some major conference. But break it into thirds, and within those thir each third, have a beginning and end. Have a question, have a challenge, have something that will engage the audience over each part. And then what I suggest you do is write your talk. Write it out by hand, maybe, or type it out. But go through those three parts so that you can then see the whole thing as a single piece. Once you have that, I think there's a real value in reviewing what you've written and considering is there something that can tie it all together. 
Now, Nancy Duarte, in her masterwork, Resonate, talks about a STAR moment. That's an acronym for something to always remember that the audience will be able to return to immediately and link your message to it. If I say to you, a glass slipper, immediately you will understand that we're talking about Cinderella. The usefulness of a star moment or something sticky, as Chip and Dan Heath say in their book, Ideas Made to Stick, is that from that one point, the audience can rebuild your message to try and fit in the details around it. Now, a star moment can be something physical. I used balloons and bubbles in my TEDx talk. It might be an interaction. It might be a challenging statement. Everything you know about presentations is wrong. But from that point, build that into your story and around your story. And then with that, re-edit the story that you've written out. So once you've done that, you should have a P1, as we call it. You should have the basis of your message. And what I suggest you do at this point is read it out. Read it out word for word as though you were presenting it. Now, remember, we're not going to use a script, but read this out and time it. Stop, do it again and time it again. And then you will have two approximations as to how long your talk is. And this is a really important point in the construction to edit dramatically. Now, for many of us, we will overrun and that is completely unacceptable. So look at the time that you've got compared to the time that you've been allocated by the speaker and aim for 80%, not a second more, 80%. Trust me, if you go longer, you will overrun. No one will ever accept that. So look at your 80%, look at your time and look at what you've constructed and go back and make it shorter. Seriously, less is more. What you want is for your topic to be tight, to be succinct, to be clear. And often what we end up doing is over-elaborating, including too much detail. Go back, make it shorter, and then read it out again and make sure that you come in under that 80%. If you do that, you will find you have a tight story. Now, this can be difficult. And there's a thing that Nancy Duarte also mentions about killing your darlings. Sometimes you've got that key story or thing that we just think is really important. But actually, when it comes to stripping the thing back... There's something that you need to lose to get you in under the time frame. So there you have your P1 coming in at 80% or less. Once you've done that, I suggest you stop. Go for a walk. I go for bike rides. And think about what you've done. Try and reread your story to yourself through your mind and see if it all fits together. See if it works for you. Because often, once we start to get into the physicality of writing this down, we become fixed in a rail-like approach to moving. But actually, we should remember that this is a creative thing and there's value in editing, moving things around, bringing the third step up to the second step, moving it so that it makes more sense. And once you've got that fixed then you can consider how you're going to illustrate that. Now, 
This is a useful point to to highlight the idea that we should spend one third of our time on construction of the story, one third of our time on illustration of the story, and one third of our time on practice. Now, this comes as a surprise to many people that we should spend one third of our time on practice. Many people spend no part of their time on practice, and that is the reason why many presentations fail. Practice is something that sportsmen do. It's something that musicians do. It's something that surgeons do. It should be something that you do in your performance of this presentation. If your performance is worth it, it is worth practicing because it's in practicing that you will see how it fits together, that you will learn the flow, that you will see the weak points and also gain insight where you should be adding something. So, Look at your time scale and make sure that we're now into the second third of what we're going to do. We need to illustrate our story, not annotate it. We need to add something that behind you, whilst you are centre stage, will make your story more memorable. Now, that's completely different than writing stuff down. And when you look at it in this way, you'll start to get a different idea of what your supportive media should be doing. A great presentation doesn't really need something behind you. Think of the best presentations you've ever seen. And often you don't remember what was behind the speaker or there was nothing behind them. But if you think there's something that will add to your story, that's what we should be doing. Adding to add impact in the supportive media. Now, this helps if you go back to that star moment, the use of bubbles, a key, a theme, a something that will link things together. There might not be anything that you actually need to put in there, but then consider how you're going to illustrate those steps. Now, for a simple presentation, I would suggest you have a title slide and a closing slide. There are three steps, and within each of the three steps, there may be three steps. So that's once again, 12, plus two, and a spare one if you need one. 15 slides for your basic presentation. One illustration for one key point. And remember, that might be no images at all. That the best slide in the world is actually blank, because with the lights turned off, Everything will focus on you and the audience can then use their imagination and understand where you're going. So, illustrate those points in your presentation. Sit back and have a look. Now is the time to turn your laptop on. Not before, only now. What I use is a piece of A4 paper folded into three and then into four. So that gives me the 12 slides that I'm going to use. Use a drawing, use a note, use something that helps you to think of what it's going to be. One of the keys to the illustration is something that helps the audience come with you, but not be distracted along this journey. The ancients used to use this form of remembering what they were going to talk about. And so the same applies to you that in each of these images, you recognise what the image means for that part of your talk. Your audience will understand 
what that image is about because of what you have said, and then you move on to the next. And that gives clean breaks between each of the steps. Remember, less is more. It's not about multiple images, it's about key images. And for each image, you should say why. Why is this here? And the key to that is to illustrate, not annotate. How we do that is more complex, and clearly that is where the rest of the blog helps out. But let's consider we have illustrated what we want to talk about now. You've done P1 and P2. And what we need to do now is to deliver this. Get your stopwatch out again and deliver your presentation out loud. You're allowed to use the script, but remember, you've got to come in at 80% of the time. If you don't, you need to stop, go back and edit. Now, at this point, it's usually editing what you say, but removing a sentence or two will help to get you under. But this is the point where it is essential that your presentation comes in under time. Do not think you'll just be quicker on the day. You will not. You may have even less time to use on the day. You must have practiced this and come in under time, otherwise you will overrun. So, practice twice with your script, and then I strongly suggest you put your script to one side and deliver your presentation without any help, whatever happens. Now, this doesn't matter for length of time, but stand up and present as though you are doing it on the day and get through. If you can't remember, find out what you need to say. Keep talking and bumble through. Get to the end and then review what you have written. And what is interesting is that the things that you usually have forgotten to say the things where you stumble, are things that aren't very clear in the concept. And it's worthwhile considering whether you want to remove these or not. Then, practice one more time with the script and see if you can do it. And finally, go into rehearsal without script ever again. This is my strongest recommendation, that once you know where you're going in a talk, you will get there if you allow yourself to not be restrained by your script. Remember, on the day, the audience don't have a script and they're not following a script. They're following you. So you are allowed to flow through the points. Now, as we've used our slides as waypoints in our talk, when you see the change of slide, you will under understand the change of topic and be able to flow through. It's not important that you have fixed words for the vast majority of your talk. There are two exceptions. Your introduction and your closure must be perfect. And these I would strongly commend you to write out until they are perfect in every way and memorise these. This is something Vic Brazil is very strong on and you will see the value of it. Effectively, imagine you were only able to give two slides. They would be your introduction and your closing slide. And with those, you have convinced your audience. Now, doesn't that look better? Doesn't that feel different? In the back of your mind, there are still some of you who are saying, but there's more data. That's of course correct. There is more data. 
there is no talk you can give that can cover everything that there is to know about any topic ever. And that's what a handout's about. If it's important to give people more data, tell them at the very beginning where that data will be available. Maybe a website, like for this presentation skills. Maybe it's a download. Maybe it's a journal article that you're going to reference. But don't put that on the slides. Just say the article that supports this will be freely available at my site later. Check it up on this blog post, wherever it is. Make it available to them mentally at the beginning and offer it to them at the end. So there we have how to do a presentation. I think you'll find that's different from the way that you've done it before. The key things that people notice are that you need to consider the audience at the very beginning. Consider their needs, their needs in terms of learning, not yours in terms of teaching. Figure out where you want them to be at the end of your talk and write a journey that delivers them there. That's best done in three steps. Each of these three steps can have minor steps within it, but they need to be complete of themselves. It's not a data download. It's about communicating a message that will then encourage your audience to want to go and get that later. Once you have your P1 constructed, P2 is about illustrating that message. Remember, you should be able to give it without your presentation behind you. And P3 is all about practice. Practice, practice, practice. Once you've practiced, that will give you the confidence, that will reduce your nerves and that will increase your engagement. And then get on stage and deliver that excellent presentation. That's it. Easy. You can do it. Go and give an amazing presentation. 